Kevin, what's your favorite member of Boyzone? Um, the dead one. Is there a dead one? I think there's a dead one, yeah. Stephen Gateway. My- yeah. I, I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say my favourite is any one of them that's alive because being alive probably helps them to be more interesting to talk to, for example. <laughs> one would imagine. I know who isn't my, I know who isn't my favourite one. Which one's not your favourite, Gav? Ronan Keating. And whoever, whoever allowed him to do a cover version of Fairy Tale of New York needs to be never allowed near... They just need to music. be punished. They never. They need to never be allowed to listen to music again. Let Ronan Keating's the one it. who sings like that. You say it best. Where you say nothing, nothing at, at all. <laughs> I remember that. I remember songs. A smile oh. on your face lets me know no, that I need, I need you. you. Okay, this is this is the bit where I'm going to lose all credibility with Gavin. <laughs> I kind of like Ronan Keating. That's oh no. Sorry, I know, I'm Laura. sorry, Did you? I would me. never judge you about your music taste unless you were into, like, Creed. That's Did you like his actual um, face far. when he was singing in the mirror in the video or not, Laura? If you like Creed, I'd be like, Laura, Laura, what are you doing? Laura, stop. Get it? Stop. Stop. Ah, see what I did there. I, I scottened on to what you were doing there. Ah. <laughs> these, jokes, these jokes are incredible. Uh, in in my teens, my music taste was very weird. I used to have an iPod that had like, oh yeah, his cradle of filth next to Ronan Keating on shuffle. Why not? <laughs> oh yeah, but I I, ha- I mean I have Meshuggah on my iPod next to Girls Aloud, so no, you know. okay, we all we, we all have our guilty secrets. Girls Aloud isn't a guilty secret for me. I, I'm 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 fully openly mad about that group. <laughs> I I was at a party on Saturday and there was Creed being played quite a bit. Oh dear. It was um, mostly for nostalgic reasons, but I'd never, I'd never heard real Creed. I'd only ever seen like the, um, well, I'd, I've heard one real Creed song, and most of it was the the Creed shreds videos that they used to have on YouTube. Oh, I don't know yeah. if they still have them, but you know where they overdub them. Then I heard a real Creed song and laughed because it sounded like a parody of Creed shreds. Yeah. It's um, like Creed is like if Eddie Vedder um, forgot how to write lyrics and became a Christian and forgot how to the write CIA's good tunes. After him. Yeah, I know that Scott Scott Stapp went a bit funny. Thinks CIA's after him, hides yeah. in motels. Um, anyway, the, welcome to Podquisition, uh, your one-stop shop for all things Creed, uh, not the movie. My name's Jim Sterling. I'm here as always by by. I'm here by. I'm nowhere nearer. I'm with Laura on the show though. Hello, Laura. Hello, I am here and I am excited for this week's episode of the podcast because last week I said a thing and then a thing happened and I am excited to talk about it. Oh, and I'm here Sorry. with. That's fine. It's an exciting Excitement. week. It's an exciting week, and I'm here with Gavin as well. Hello, Gavin. All right. All right. Brilliant. Um, let's cut Hello. straight. <laughs> After a brief Keating interlude. I want to hear Ronan Keating covering Adele. Hello from the other side. <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't know we'd invited Ronan Keating to join us on the show today. Mm-hmm. You he know what be, I love? He, you can get him as the special guest when I'm away in um, at the end of the month. Brilliant. Okay, we'll just we'll, we'll we'll talk to you after the show finishes today, and we'll get him to. We will ask you to ask him to sing a bunch of random lines. We can just insert where you'd be talking. Yeah, just, you're not. Yeah. You're not. You're not to get angry, Joe, while I'm away. Okay. It's tempting. It's very it tempting. Is tempting. Audience, it is tempting. It, audience, you're here, you're listening to this now. If they get angry, Joe, and I'm not there, you're to give them all kinds of mean comments. I love that tacit admit. <laughs> How I love dare the tacit you betray Gavin? 
that you're not going to listen to the show when you're not on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, he, needs, he needs the listeners to tell him. We could get Angry Joe on. He, he won't know. If everyone yeah, agrees now to keep fine. quiet. As long as we don't put Angry Joe in like the episode title, Gavin's not going to click on it and find out. No, we'll, just, we'll just put Ronan <laughs> Keating there. Um, what I love most about this episode so far is we're, uh, we're about almost five minutes in. And we've, we've, we've actually got like one of the most packed episodes in terms of like things to talk about, especially mm. relevant things. Yeah, the topic list this week is kind of crazy long. We mm. actually have like lots of news and lots of games and lots of questions. Yeah, and we wasted five minutes talking about Creed and Ronan Keating. It's fine. I'm going to jump us into my thing then. Let's... Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still real. Well, My belief is willing it into existence. The headline Beyond Good and Evil 2 still exists is a headline this week. <laughs> ah. Yep, yeah, that's good news. Yep. This came from it's... a live stream that uh, Michelle Ansel was on with the Double Fine people, I think. And basically, uh, Tim Schafer just kept asking Michelle Ansel, like, oh, yeah, Beyond Good and Evil 2, you're still doing that, right? And Ansel was like, yeah, it's difficult because it's a project that everyone loves and we don't quite know why everyone loved it, but we're trying to work out the best way to... Like bring that forward and to make it relevant again. Ansel does like. Are we, uh, I, I, uh, it's real. I personally, I'm just looking forward to the episode of Laura's butts about Jade. Uh, it's gonna happen, but not until Beyond Good and Evil Two happens. So if you want to see that episode, go shout at Michelle on cell and be like, yeah. "Make the fucking thing." You, you know what I love her, though. You heard her Ubisoft. You won't <sighs> get that episode until the game comes out. So what anyway. I love is Michelle saying that Ubisoft don't know why people liked it. Have they tried asking anyone? Or uh, reading will, reviews, or, or like doing anything <laughs> to like have have anyone at Ubisoft played yeah. it? That what, might help. What I did an entire let's play of this game when I first started doing the Beyond Where the Fuck Is Beyond Good and Evil Two thing. Just go watch that and watch me play it, and I will tell you, Michelle Ansel, this is the thing where I liked what you did. This is another thing where I liked what you did. These are the things to do to make me like the next one. I think though, I think it speaks volumes about the problem of AAA publishers um, that. They have a game that clearly has a cult fan following. Uh, they know it was at least critically successful. And their question isn't, people really liked that, let's do more. It's, what, what can we isolate clinically from it that was successful? How can we boil this down to a scientific formula that we can then churn out, like it's on a factory assembly line? The, the answer, honestly, I think is... There's a lot of women who like playing video games who liked that before, like, the current run of good female protagonists, there was Jade, and really liked that game, and there was a cliffhanger. They want an end to that cliffhanger, and that character they like to come back. Are we, like sure, are we sure we're okay with the fact that the camera's going to be behind Jade, though, and we might see her butt? I am more than happy with being able to see her butt at all times, except when Are she's taking sure photos. <laughs> that is acceptable, because then I can make videos about her butt, if I can see her butt at all times. I think what made Beyond Good and Evil work best, though, was sincerity. And that, that's my mm. worry. With be that's my worry when I hear Ansel say, we don't know why it was successful. We don't know why people liked it, and we're trying to work it out. It's like, just... Just develop from the heart, it's, like like it's, actually do like be genuine and sincere. Like that's what people like about these kinds of games, and it's something absolutely. that companies aren't understanding. It's like don't cut it, don't try and cut it into like little square pieces to fit them in your little pre-existing square holes. That's mm. just that's that's not how games should be made. I don't think. Mm. Do you know what Beyond Good and Evil doesn't get enough credit for? 
what? is its world building. Like it, it was one mm. of the best games that really immersed you into this crazy fantasy world in a way that only video games can do by letting you yeah, go around it at your own pace. Well, here's what I was going to say is that like I think the fact that they're not rushing to to make a sequel is reassuring to me. Yeah. Like, I know I'm being strung along because this is the thing that all they have to do is say, yeah, of course we're still thinking about it and I'll get excited that it still exists and that I single-handedly have kept it alive. But I'm glad that they're not just being like, okay, we'll make another one. Did you single-handedly saying, hey, keep it I'm alive, gonna... Laura? The, sa- the same way that Jim developed Five Nights at Freddy's by himself. Something like that, yeah. Um, but that's the thing. I'm glad that they, if they don't know why people like it, that they're not rushing to make something uh, to make it again just to get the name out there. It is somewhat reassuring that they are at least saying, hey, we're not rushing into this because we want to be sure that we do this right. Yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. I did create Five Nights at Freddy's, though. Yeah, yeah. You did. and I, 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 when Beyond Good and Evil Two gets announced, it will be one hundred percent down to me. Jim, and Jim, to no cre- one else. Jim cre- also created the Unity Asset Store. Oh yeah, I invented you. Un- mm. I invented all the good games. It's Unity. actually I the invent- biggest. Yeah. It's the biggest collusion in history. He created it just so he could make videos about how shitty did, the, did you know the games that, are. Did you know? Did you know that I invented butts? Because I invented those too. Like I am, I am responsible for butts existing. I get yeah. profits from Hearthstone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I have to send uh, Laura a royalty every month for my butt. Uh, uh yeah, butt I tax. haven't had any of those in the last like year or so. Do you, do you mind getting up to date on your on your back butt tax? Can I send mine back? It's faulty, and <laughs> I, I guarantee there's there's no 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 use of mistreatment went into it. It arrived um, like this. I'll have a thorough investigation, but I suspect there may be some. Less than average wear I'm, and tear going I'm, on. I'm a little bit um, <laughs> upset that I have to pay a higher tax due to my one percenter butt. Due to my fantastic oh, exactly. butt. I couldn't give you a butt that good and not tax you on it. I mean, just just because my butt looks fair. nice, I have to pay like a, a higher percentile. That's 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 like that's so well, not fair. Well, you know that's, what? This is that's communism. That's sexy people genocide. This is what Occupy Ass has been about. All about. I am the ninety nine percent. Well, my butt is of my body. <laughs> um, so yeah, Beyond Good and Evil Two still real. Yeah. Where the fuck is it? I want to see it at E three. I'm still shouting that that's the reason we're not getting Assassin's Creed this year. This is the year, everyone. It's gonna be at E three. I, I think it'll be at E three, Laura. But I I I wouldn't get your hopes up too much about a release I, this year. I want to believe. Yeah. I don't care if it doesn't release this year. Yeah. If it's at E three this year, I will. I will sing from the mountain tops of your praises, yeah. Ubisoft. <laughs> I think it you all will, you will get you will get two months of me not being critical of you. I think it all comes down to whether or not Ubisoft feels they can string along Beyond Good and Evil two fans to sell other things again, like they did with Beyond Good and Evil HD and the uh, Rayman Origins, where they kept saying, "Well, we'll think about bringing Beyond Good and Evil two out if these games sell well." Yeah, yeah. like I, they did yeah. that twice now, and I've seen it with other things. Just this idea of holding a game to ransom by uh, by selling another one, like I I do not like it, but you know, let's see. <clears throat> just on so yeah, um, if if it is coming this year, it's going to put a whole like I was like looking through um the release schedule for this day uh, for this year just for songs and stuff, you know, and listen to this for a list of game that games that are coming out this year because it is actually insane. I never actually thought about it. This is a list of just the games that interest me, right? So you're going to have a whole lot more on this list. 
there's fucking, right, there's Uncharted, The Division, Far Cry Primal, Unravel, which looks like it's going to be amazing, um, Dark Souls 3, Mirror's Edge, also going to be amazing, Deus Ex, Dishonored 2, maybe, Doom, Gears of War 4, Horizon Zero Dawn, The Last Guardian, maybe, Zelda Wii U, Mafia 3, um, possibly a Mass Effect, No Man's Sky, and a new Torment game. And what a probably fucking year. Dynasty Warriors in between all those releases yeah. as well. So <laughs> what, what a fucking awesome. year it's yeah. going to be like. This is not going to be a bad year by any stretch, yeah. I don't think. I imagine we're going to get at least a handful of pretty good games out of yeah. that. Law that that probability says like out. two of those games will be all right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think it's safe you, to assume that Dark Souls 3 will be good. And I think very, very likely we can assume that uh, The Last Guardian is going to be very good. Indeed. I, I, I'm I very interested to see which of these games turn out as well as people hope. Like, No Man's Sky is a very much a question mark still. Yeah. There's there's a lot of question marks on a lot of these games, but we're going to get a handful of games that are not terrible out of this list. Yeah, I'm excited for this Well, year, one of those so. games that was... Yeah. I think it was in the list. I don't know. Actually, the um, the internet was crapping out on me, so I didn't hear everything on the list. But did you mention The Division? Yes, I did. I right, played, I've played The Division was, this week, That's actually. what I was leading us into, yeah. yeah. Like, one of those games you've actually played a bit of. So Because yep. I, I never... I, I didn't... I couldn't be fucked with the beta, I, I, but... I didn't get around to the beta this weekend because I was busy doing four reviews in four yeah, days. Yeah. So, Gavin, you'll I mean, have to all, tell me about the all game. All these yeah. excuses, and what they really mean is we wish we were friends with Ubisoft like you, Gav, because they sent mm. me a code and they didn't send oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got sent a code. <laughs> I got sent a code and I didn't use it because I was busy with American Truck Simulator, the t- a Tomb Raider DLC, um, Shadow Puppeteer, and Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 4. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm fucking cut to pieces that Ubisoft might not like me. Oh, boo fucking who. <laughs> oh, so what's Gavin, next? I'm not on Donald um, Trump's Christmas card list. How, how is this game, Gavin? Um, It's a strange one. I mean, it's it's pretty much exactly what you expect is, is going to be. Tell us it, it's shit. That's it's, what we all... We all want it confirmed because it's it's been hyped a lot by Ubisoft. We no, it's want not, to hear it's not shit. shit. It's Tell a perfectly shit. serviceable, like, it. cross between, like, Watch Dogs, Destiny yeah. and Borderlands, I would say, would be kind of somewhat... I mean, it's an MMO and, like, I don't know, it's it's... What can I say? It's exactly how you expect it to be. It's a cover shooter in a big open world right, with, with yeah. other players. I mean, that's about right. that's what it is, and there's that nothing is, more yeah, I mean, to it. <laughs> you know, that was my sort of understanding from everything I've seen. It just looks very, like, not bad, but very standard. Yeah. Uh, which you know, you can apply that to a lot of things Ubisoft puts out. Yeah. Um, it is very big budget game standard. I mean, Which, I can see, it's know. the kind of game you can see yourself playing for about 20, 30 hours, and then unless they kind of add more different kind of content, you might kind of fall out of in, out of interest with it, with it right, at yeah. that point. Just something that's probably, you know, it'll have attention for a few weeks and then just mm. not be remembered. Yeah, that's, that's kind that, of my feeling said, about it. That said, the beta had no story content in it, so you never know, it might have a very compelling narrative. That's um, an Ubisoft game. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 exactly as you would imagine. You wander around the city, you find side missions, you shoot a few dudes, you yeah. build bases, you climb on top of buildings. It's it's a Ubisoft game. <laughs> Are there? Does the map unlock at the top of the buildings? Uh, no, actually, the map was. Uh, I didn't see any 
points where you had to unlock a map, there, the map was pretty much all unlocked. And I have to say, it's an absolutely beautiful representation of New York. I mean, it really feels... Mm-hmm. I've been to New York twice, and it really felt like New York. More sure. so than any other game since Crisis I'm planning to go 2. to New York this year. Mm. On a visit. Oh, it's such an amazing city. It really is like the most I've only ever passed place. through JFK Airport, where the mm. people who work there are rude to me. Um... But no, I, I plan to go this year. Probably my first sort of um, trip this mm. year. Not not for any professional reason. Just I want to do more traveling, and so I want to go to New York. Um, so yeah, so I could we, I could write it off and call it research for the New, division. <laughs> New York has this like amazing energy to it that I can't <laughs> describe. It's like this real positive energy among the people there, and it's I've never. I mean. Okay, I come from Ireland, but still, I've never seen somewhere so, like, comfortably diverse as New York. Like, mm-hmm. I, we saw, like, two guys, right? One of them was, like, a dude in, like, his full, like, Jewish gear. I don't know what you call, like, the hats and the beards that, like, Jewish guys have. And he was walking hand in hand with a guy who was, like, in a turban and, like, I don't know. It was just really cool. Everyone there was so cool with each other. I really liked that about New York. Sorry, I'm totally off topic here. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Mm. I'm looking forward to visiting. I'm looking forward mm. to visiting. You will enjoy um, it, Jim. I, I hope yeah. so. I'm, Being I'm, a bit, I'm, you I'm... big, big social justice warrior. <laughs> <laughs> the liberal arts student in me is looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, The Division, I, th- I think we're all pretty much sort of kind of... I, I, I wouldn't... I hesitate to say I'm looking forward to it. I am anticipating... I'm anticipating a time with it. Like I am, cu- I'm, I'm sufficiently curious to check it out. It has potential, um, and and hopefully when the narrative is in there, it'll be I, quite fingers compelling. Crossed. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. I it's one of those games. I will try it when it comes out. I'm not excited enough about it to play it when I have a beta code in my hands. I'm like, I could play this. <laughs> I'll play it when it comes out. Mm. And that's kind of where I'm at with the division. I'm sure it will be good. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on. Really I've got some breaking news to report. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. I'm looking at my office window right breaking now. Breaking news, and I cannot Ooh. see any of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, which leads me to believe that Peter Molyneux has not stuck to a promise. I'm going to let you be snarky, but I'm then going to rebuke this because I'm oh, not going to be oh, as snarky that's, that's as you. All the about more for this. me. All the more to go around. Hmm. Mm, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have some fight. Peter Molyneux, <laughs> professional liar, has said that. Um, I didn't say pathological, so I won't get in trouble like John Walker did. Professional liar uh, has started talking to the press again after saying that his interview with Laura and and Rock Paper Shotgun would be his last interviews. Um, then he spoke to uh, Eurogamer, which is either him going back on what he said he'd do again, or him stealthily insulting Eurogamer. Uh, Laura, which one is it? <laughs> I think he's stealthily insulting Eurogamer, which is why no, he didn't come to me for this. No, I think it's because you made him cry, and he's like, "I'll talk to anyone except Laura." No, no, no! no. I, there are, I can tell you for a fact there are no hard feelings there. There are no hard feelings on that one. But here is the bit where I'm gonna. It, I've seen this news came out today. Basically, he he spoke to Eurogamer, and they put a feature mm-hmm. together along with some stuff from John Wall. But he's got to sell Goddess War somehow, uh, hasn't he? The the 
the, okay, the rhetoric online has been, oh, look at uh, Peter Molyneux, he's exactly back to his old ways, he broke all his promises, oh, let's make fun of him. And that's understandable. It is a very easy stab to make. I'm going to suggest that this is new Peter Molyneux who has learnt lessons from the past and okay, is that's, actually doing something This is uh, the, the fourth right time way. he's been this now, in his career. Bef- so mm. what's different about this, this one? Well, this, okay... <laughs> There are two separate things I want to talk about. First of all, fuck him for releasing yeah. Goddess Wars when <laughs> Goddess isn't finished yet. Don't get me wrong. My defences I'm about to give do not defend the existence of Goddess Wars when Goddess still is not finished. Um, Brian Brian Henderson is apparently in Goddess Wars, but there's no confirmation that he's getting the 1% revenue share from that. Like, fuck Goddess Wars and releasing mm-hmm. a game when Goddess However. still isn't finished. However, what is different here is that Goddess Wars is coming out next week. Peter Molyneux did not talk about this game at all during its development. He waited until the game was finished and developed and all the features were rock solid and like, yes, these features are in the product releasing next week before he spoke about it. This is what I've been hearing for a long time from people I speak to who work at 22 Cans, I'm not going to name who, who have been talking to me about his upcoming game that's not related to goddess which is the trial we don't know what the trial is and we're not likely to until a week before that game comes out when peter molyneux will be like this is what the game is it's coming out next week it's finished now i will talk a little bit about it and i don't think this is the big slippery slope back to old peter molyneux who makes promises that he doesn't intend to keep because he tells wild crazy development stories of like oh it's gonna have all these features that never make it into the game I genuinely think this might be, and I might be proven wrong, Molyneux who has learnt to be like, okay, wait until a game is finished and about to mm-hmm. ship mm-hmm. before you talk about what the game is. Right. And that's why I'm not being so snarky right now, because I think that's what this situation is, is he took a year of not talking to the press while working on two projects. He didn't talk at all about... He hasn't talk, talked about one of them at all. One of right. them he I'll, waited until a week I'll before launch this. to talk about. I will offer only only this as a rebuttal. Yeah. (laughs) Right? A vampire cannot come into your house unless you invited it in. Be careful with Mm. your welcome mats when Peter Molyneux is in town. Yeah, this is the thing. I, I am being very cautious with this because I'm saying this announcement and the fact that he has talked to the press about this game one week before this game comes out, to me, is not the is not a 100% sure sign of the backslide into old Molyneux that a lot of people are snarkily presenting it to be. That being said, we need to remain on the yeah, watch out like... because it could be a slippery slope back to that. But I don't want to criticise Molyneux for that until he does it. Like, until he talks about a game that is in development and is a long way from release with big lofty promises that we're going to have to wait months to find out if they're true, until he does that again... I am being cautiously defensive of him, almost, which I didn't think would be my position. (laughs) You've seen him. You've seen him in his most broken. I'll make him cry any day of the week. Give me an interview with. (laughs) Give me my interview with him tomorrow, and I'll make him cry again. I'll be like, "You said you weren't going to talk to the fucking press. Why the fuck did you talk to the press? I'll make him cry." Exactly. I will be the um, the Jonathan Blow standing over his shoulder, shouting during the interview. I'll be like, "Why the fuck did you get this wrong?" And he will cry. For me, I will, I will be... Re- I will have... Like, right now, I'm being, like, you know, humorously sceptical. 
Uh, the knives will come back out if it gets to mm. a point where, you know, it's like, well, uh, Goddess was rubbish. Uh, it was it was awful. It was terrible. <clears throat> the trial, however, and then just starts talking about the trial and how it's better than Goddess. Well, this this is it. Is so far he has not done the throw the old project under the bus. He has like the Goddess Wars for all of my issues with it being a thing and being like you shouldn't have worked on this till Goddess was finished. Putting that aside. He has said very little about the game, and the language he's used to talk about the game in interviews has been a lot, not much like Molyneux. It's not the, it's going to be the greatest thing that's going to change your life forever. The way he described the game was, you make an army and you beat shit up. And it's like, he's being a lot more like direct and a lot less big flowery promised focused, at least in today's bout of interviews. And I'm tempted to say from what I, because again, from what I've heard from people at 22 Cans, this is the plan going forward. A week before each project is ready to release, Molyneux tells you what the project is. It exists. It's coming out next week. Here is what the project that exists well, is. I mean, that's and then he goes away until the next project. Uh, uh, on the part of 22 Cans, that is why, like, the, the wisest thing. Because I think after, mm. after last time, mm. Molyneux, even someone like Molyneux has to understand the, the world of, like, officially got sick of his shit after last time. It was, there was very comparatively mm. little defence of him. Where it normally is, is, oh, he just gets excited, he dreams big, let him off the little scamp. Mm. There was just such a, a an overwhelming backlash where it was like, no, we, we you've officially pushed your luck too far. So, I mean, if anything, it's just good, really good business now to just keep his mouth on a leash. It... This is the thing, like, it's tough to tell from just today, but what I will be happy with is if maybe we see Mm. one or two more things in the next day or so, and then nothing until launch, nothing after launch, we don't hear anything else until a week before the trial comes out. If that happens, and, like, this is all the press we get for, like, from him for Goddess Wars until the trial's ready, this is a really reassuring sign long-term for Molyneux having understood the problem with how he was dealing with press and dealing with it in a more intelligent way going forward. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I am... I am positive... I'm feeling very reassured by the way he's handled this today and how that lines up with the things I've heard about his ongoing plans. Every time you say Goddess Wars, I hear Goddess Wars, and I'm thinking, that would be such a fucking cool game, and I'm picturing this, like civilization style strategy game where you have Athena and Aphrodite sending in their armies against like Kate Bush. Unfortunately, I'm just imagining Tecmo Koei getting their hands on it. Uh, Goddess Wars, I would be so much more cool with than Goddess Wars, but you yeah, know. I got it downloaded actually. I got the early access version downloaded. Um, so I'm going to maybe play that before. What I... is Goddess Wars? Uh, is it a RT? RT uh, it's basically a single player RTS of go- goddess. It's, it's got, goddess it's, with some gameplay in it. it. It's got the combat in it that they haven't yet put in the actual game that they said they would put in the actual game. That's my biggest problem with Goddess Wars existing right now is, hey, you know all the time you put into putting goddess combat into a game? 
Probably should have made that the actual goddess that you put the combat into, but you know. Yeah. I mean, most people are seeing it as a cynical move to avoid all the negative Steam mm. reviews that were on the first goddess. It's like re release it as Goddess Wars and well, try and get it, a do over. It seems like it's a fairly separate game mechanically, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to see. Um, have one... they even come out and justified why they did it? Have they got an excuse for this? The the understand what the understanding I have is that the some of the staff had finished their jobs on Goddess and had no other projects to be working on and hadn't been reallocated to the trial, and those people were left to work on other projects using their skill set within the Goddess world, and that's where Goddess Wars kind of came from, I think. So I'm I'm never Goddess supporting world, him again like until he releases Milo and Kate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want my creepy I mean, Damien no, child simulator. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think, even if, you know, this is some new thing that he sticks to, after years of it, like, I, I just don't think I can ever put my faith in a word that comes out of that mm. man's mouth again. What, what, I, what I think is the big thing that, like, people have overlooked that is active lies he has told in those interviews last year that he's not followed through on. January 2015, when I interviewed him, he told me... Goddess is going to be feature complete within eight to nine months. And that would have put it by August or September of 2015. Has it even had updates since then? It hasn't had any substantial updates. It is not feature complete. And many of the features that are missing from the game have been put into a new product. Thankfully, it is a free new product, but still. There's something that is an important lesson that all of us who create things need to learn at some point of our careers. And it's don't tell people about your plans. Just show them what you've finished. Mm, that is that yeah. is a lesson that is important to learn. And I am hoping that the way that today has gone down mm. is a sign that Molyneux has learned that. Yeah, like that even if your game, like, show like yeah. talk about the game in whatever current state it's in. Do you know? Yeah, and it seems like he has waited until this project is complete and ready to roll out before he says, "Okay, this project exists. This is what it is." It's going to be out next week. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Jim Sterling's licensed game adventure is going to be fucking fantastic. Indeed it is. Um, we need to hear more about that, don't we, Jim? We do, we yeah, do. Yeah. Um, my developer, um, well, the lead developer just wrapped up a project and is... Um, uh, I, I don't want to do exactly what Gavin just <laughs> do. So I will say that the... Uh, <laughs> The design document is expected in my hands soon. I, I have it. It's all mapped out and planned. It's all I, the mapping stages is done, and I'm very excited about sort of where it's going to be. Um, I am very excited next, to hear more. Yes. Yes. The next stage <laughs> is um, artwork, mm-hmm. and actually, I can because I don't think we ever said that Laura is actually going to be the protagonist. Yeah, this isn't known at this point. We haven't said anything about this. Apparently, I'm the protagonist of Jim's game. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting the protagonist uh, uh, based on the... Because um, cause I'm, I'm in a... Like, I am in it, but in a, a different... Not as a playable role. I'm sort of a, more of a... Um, you smash have a, TV announcer yeah. type You have guy, a role you know? within that game that is not the person running around doing things. Yes, and the person running around doing the things will be um, heavily based on Laura. Which is a um, very exciting thing to hear. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a thing we talked about, like, goodness knows how long ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I think the last 
uh, uh, the last uh, development thing was me forgetting to confirm that with the um, <laughs> with the lead developer, uh, which I need to do as soon as we've done recording today's show. Um, like, so you've got like twelve hours before this goes out, in which you could still edit this out if it turns out that they're like, no, that's not going to work because development reasons. <laughs> no, it's definitely. I mean, it's definitely. It's definitely going to work. It's definitely going to. They took her pauses. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely gonna gonna come to pass that it's um they just wanted to make sure that that was still my plan which it is um so that's 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 a bit of news that, and that I'm is not, a thing yeah yeah like I still I just me being me and and my um inability to uh speak highly of myself being what it is I'm very bad at hyping so. That I, I try Just, and downplay do you know what you do, Jim? for the game myself. You know? um, assume the Jimquisition show character when you're hyping it, and then you'll be yeah. able to be your own hype man with no that, problem. That would probably be it. I find that difficult enough to do as it is uh, without trying to promise people things. But maybe we, may, Laura, maybe we just need to get him in front of a live audience. That seems to always it's, trigger his megalomaniac. Yeah, I'm going to say I can't blame you, Jim. Like <laughs> having writing that polygon thing about acceptance a few weeks back. Trying to be positive about something that I worked on creatively is it's really hard to be positive about your own creations to hype them yeah, up. Not I am me. not used to that. <laughs> well that's because that's what you do. We 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 say nice or bad things about other people's work. We're not yeah. used to having to say them about us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's shit funny ones. actually. We're good at saying shit things about the, ourselves. We, we had that chat last week about like the the whole imposter syndrome thing. And uh, I was actually thinking about it a little further and I was like, yes, I'm super confident with music. But with stuff like this, with the podcast that I wouldn't be so well versed in, I think I would definitely have a little bit of a bit more wary about my own performance in that. So I think I do relate to you guys a little bit on that one. Hooray, that is, I said hooray, that's not the the, the right hooray. response to, yeah, you've got imposter syndrome, hooray. But, you know, you're one of us. <laughs> Oh, I have news for Gavin very quickly. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, I got sent some trooper. By someone called oh, Joe. Oh, nice. I've nice, actually tried nice. Trooper now. That's nice. a really, really, really nice beer. Isn't that really good? Yeah. yeah. If only there were Morrisons near me, I would probably drink that fairly often, but yeah. there isn't. As, but as, it was nice as like hipstery craft beers go, it's actually not, not bad really at all. It's a really tasty, very smooth yeah. hipstery craft beer. Yeah. And they, so, yeah. I, you know, they would have to make it very drinkable and easy because it's all they sell at their shows. So yep. it, it has to be something that, like, your everyday Joe like us is going to just be like, oh, yeah, I'll drink that. Yeah, well, I'll drink that. Or if you were at an Iron Maiden gig, as you would say, this is not a 1964 Chablis. I'm not putting that anywhere near my mouth. <laughs> is, I is that how Iron I sound Maiden rock, without some Chablis in me? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm more the kind of person that's not used to sneak vodka into shows like that. It's just nice. like, yeah, I got the the vodka down my top because no one's going down my top to get it. Woo! Because <laughs> you know, rebels. Uh, other games that we played this week, Gavin, you finally got round to Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yep, I am in love with that game. It's a really absolutely, bloody good game, isn't it? Absolutely love it. It's so it's- good. It's one I of did those... have a look at the PC port. I mean, you weren't lying about the fucking shit on her belt. Like, yeah, the shit on her about belt. The yeah. wobbles about <laughs> when she climbs. Oh, unbelievable. Exactly. Um, well, they did the hair thing in the 2013 game, so they needed something new to do something, that was graphic yeah. showy-offy. And now it's like things swinging on her belt. It's made yeah. a little bit redundant by how the weapons um, teleport in and out of existence, though. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they'll never they're not going to fix that one for a long time. I don't yeah. think the, the, the idea of naturalistically have, taking a 
The Last of Us. That that was the game where he had like oh, an yeah. entire fucking walking yeah. arsenal on his back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Tomb Raider's awesome. I love it. It's so much fun. It's one of those few games where I really like, I'm about halfway through and I don't want it to end. I'm like playing it as mm-hmm. slow as I can so it doesn't end. Would you agree that like, it's it's all the things that were good about the 2013 one, but better? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. It's It's like... I actually can't think of anything I don't really like about it. Like, it doesn't have the best combat system in the world, but it's got a better, slightly improved one over the first one, which wasn't bad. My my main complaint is not enough challenge tombs. Like, not enough tombs that are optional to go explore if you want. And that's my biggest complaint, which is not a huge one, considering how... Otherwise, I'm just unanimously praised of that game. My one complaint would be how easy the tombs are. The tombs they are don't. Easy, they don't yes. require a whole lot of brain power. No, um, there is one in. The they did feel easier to me than in the first yeah. one. Yeah, there's there's one in the DLC that's a bit more difficult, but yeah. is that the the Baba Yaga DLC? Yeah, I played that this week. It's I love saying Baba, Baba Yaga. Yaga. Baba yeah. Yaga. It's two hours long, and the story in it is predictable. Yeah. But the presentation of like supernatural and spiritual themes, and the way that it turns those into gameplay mechanics. And the big supernatural boss fight at the end. All really cool. I love the weapon and outfit you unlock at the end of it. But I don't like the fact Lara's that Lara's got really cool outfits in the base game oh, as well. She does, I yeah. really like how they've uh, designed her, yeah. her gear and stuff. My, my, I was reading about Baba Yaga this mm, weekend. My, my big problem with the DLC Mad very stuff. quickly is just... there. It's only two hours long and there is a section where you backtrack to an area from the main game and do a fetch quest. For like fifteen twenty minutes, which is not good when it's only two hours long. But otherwise, yeah, good DLC. It feels weird for me to even criticize it, but there are a couple of quests in the game that are just little fetch quests that you are kind can, of annoying. You can ignore I mean, most of the fetch. So quests. optional, but yeah. Like, yeah. If you click the right stick and look at where the objective marker is, you can just run past the side quests and to be, be like, fair, right, "Where's the story?" To be fair, there are things that you can just do as you're wandering around the world anyway. It's yeah, that like, kind accept of... all the quests and they'll, like, auto-complete without you having mm. to backtrack to the quest giver as and, and when so you get the resources. Freaking good-looking. Oh, my oh, God, what a beautiful, beautiful game. game. So it, beautiful. It, 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 like, terrorizes my graphics card, though, in, I, in some of the areas. I am so happy that I, like, finally have my new PC rig up and running because yeah. it... You're running a 680 or a uh, 980 I'm Ti. I'm running a 980 it? Ti along yeah. with, like, a bunch of RAM and stuff, and it's, did you it's get, looking very nice. Did you get wicked frame rate dips in the, um, the Soviet installation Not specifically area? there, but... There are some weird issues with the game tech-wise that if you play for more than X amount of time without, like, closing down the game, there starts to be some performance issues. Yeah, it was eating, like, 8 gigs of RAM. Yeah, what I would say, if you start having those issues, save, quit, jump back in. It's not ideal, but it will bring that performance back up to where it it was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It definitely needs a patch. Do you know what I've discovered? What? What? A cache of Baba Yaga Rule 34. Oh dear! I I am vaguely intrigued. <laughs> it's not like they've made sexy Baba Yaga, like like you you might expect. Like it's proper, like you know, Slavic mythology, hideous thousand year old looking Baba Yaga, <laughs> like complete with her slate, like riding on the mortar and pestle, um, with her pierced nipple breasts, like just flying in all directions. It's incredible. Nothing will ever shock me Rule 34-wise more than the shit Grey posted on his Twitter a few months back, which was like, 
It was like horrible lolly hentai, but like with gore. Ooh. And I was like, no, no I never no. No, I think ever I'm want to see that again. <laughs> I think I'm going to stick to my wholesome Baba Yaga rule. Yeah. Thank you very much. There's one where she's got like, like a big mouth in her belly, and it's like a big open mouth, and it's licking her own leg, and it's <clears throat> it's its eyes are her boobs. <laughs> her eyes are her boobs. Yeah, like like well, though she's got eyes, like she's got a normal face, yeah. but. The big mouth on her belly is looking with her boobs, like big, starey eyes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that is a thing. That's amazing. Um, mm. Yeah, J- Jim, did you play anything this week? Can't remember if I asked you huh? that before we started recording. Did you, did you play anything this week? Probably, probably. But all, all, everything I've ever known has been replaced by images of Baba Yaga with her norks out. So, so we're gonna I don't have know what to, to tell you. We're gonna have to put a picture of her on the on the podcast. Is, are we gonna put week? up a sexy picture of her? I'm gonna find a, as tasteful a Baba Yaga nudie picture as I can <laughs> that, to make it as safe for work as possible. I I, I um, feel like this is the moment that you need to send me and Gavin some some Baba Yaga porn. Yeah, you need to send us what you're looking at because so I'm not can, googling this. We know how to respond <laughs> to what you've. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, I'll show you the, my favourite one, which I probably can't make the image, but I might li- I'll probably link it on thegymquisition.com. Um, that's, that's the one that caught my eye to... Oh, that's uh, actually user. really, really cool. It's really well drawn, oh, isn't it? Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's very, like... That's kind of... Like it's, yeah, I don't know how to think looks, about it that. It looks Witcher Universe-esque. I could see yeah. this being a Witcher version of a Baba Yaga. This, this yeah. looks yeah. like something that like Jinji Ito would do, in yeah. in the best that's kind by, of ways. That's by Dead Red Art. If you want to look for it, uh, listeners, um, but I'll probably like link to it on thejunquisition dot com yeah. when this goes up. because uh, it actually really is a well drawn. So, if, if her belly looks like that, I don't even want to know what her gi looks like. Do Do I want to be concerned that like in the back right corner there is like a school crossing sign? That of oh. all places to be, she's she's seemingly by a school. Uh, does she eat kids? You Is that put, her thing? I, I think some some mythology uh, puts her as that. Yeah, she she did because there is some some other imagery like like more traditional imagery has her like you know face to face with some kid or other. She she didn't um, eat any kids in Rise of the Tomb Raider. I know that much. Um, particularly not with her crazy she, stomach, vagina, did, mouth. Did she have boob eyes? She did not have boob eyes that I could see, but don't she was spoil, covered up. Don't spoil it, because I haven't got there. Okay, she does not have boob eyes. I hope that's not a spoiler. <laughs> boob eyes. That's what she, like I, because I I tend not to go back to DLC on on many games just because I don't have time. But if if it was called Rise of the Tomb Raider, Bubby Yucca's boob eyes. I think I'd be all about it. <laughs> that is that is perfectly fair. I don't think I can blame you for that. So, uh, yeah. This week I played a bunch of, like, kind of eh, games. I played American Truck Simulator. It's Euro Truck Simulator, but in California. That, yeah, that's... still really good. Yeah, still it's... really good because it hasn't really had any other competitors yeah. in the years since Euro if, Truck if came If you out, like but... that game, it's good in all the same ways. Uh, it took me a while to get used to driving on the wrong side of the road, and uh, I'm. It's it's nice that you have like multi lane highways, but they don't make much difference because when you actually leave to try and get to a place, everything hits gridlock and nothing moves. So th- that's America and driving. 
Uh, I played Shadow Puppeteer on the Wii U. That's kind of shit. Um, it, it, Excellent. It was a game where you control two characters with two sticks, like in that Brothers game, and you and your shadow are, are like, doing things, like, in contrast. Doesn't do either of those very well, and it doesn't look very good, and it was boring. Lovely. So that, Naruto, you be a ninja and you beat up a lot of stuff. It's very flashy, not very complicated. That's Fair Naruto. Enough. And I've talked about the Baba Yaga DLC, so I guess that's my week of things I played. Excellent. I, um, to, to move away from Baba Yaga's boobies, I did, um, play Tales of Symphonia, the, the PC port. Oh, that very of... rock solid PC port that everyone yes. is clamouring about how good it is to finally have a rock solid port of that game on PC. The PC version of the PS3 rehash of the PS2 port of the GameCube release. Um, the GameCube release still being the only, like, really proper version, and everything else was inferior. Um, I believe the GameCube release is the only one that still officially runs at 60 frames a second. Um, now, I played some of it. I played some of it for my YouTube channel, in fact, and I had one of the better experiences. Um, similar to the Arkham Knight thing, where it's like, I, I feel like I had one of the best possible experiences. Um, others may have had even better, but for me, like the worst technical thing was like just a bit of skipping in some cutscenes. Um, even, even with it running, um, well on my system, it's still an incredibly lazy port. Like it, to do the PS, the, the, like the bad PS3 port of the inferior PS2 version is already shitty. Um, but it comes out, it's at 720p, 30 frames per second. Uh, apparently they did a, an update with no patch notes, um, the day it went up or the day after, that locked the resolution even lower and 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 just made it look even worse um the the whole thing is just like like it's pure slapdash pure slapdash and yeah it's it's a disappointment when 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 it's running at 60 on a gamecube and just looks better and then you get it on a pc where you know most monitors are going to make anything like less than 1080 look ugly um it's, yeah, like, it's, it's it's not acceptable. It really isn't, yeah. It's just, it is a shit version of that game, and it's broken mm -hmm. entirely for a lot of people. Yeah. A very uh, well-loved game. Yeah. But it's just, it, in its, its most inferior, or, or its least furious <laughs> state. Um, it's, it's a real shame, because it's a game that, like, has in many ways stood the test of time really well, and that a lot of people just want a way to access and show people, like, today. And yeah. to not have any problems compared to the GameCube version. It's like, just, GameCube version from decades ago, give that to us today. Please? Yeah, Thank like, it you. this is something that shouldn't be hard. Like, to just bring out an old game with some basic things that a PC user well, expects. I'll put it this way. I don't I'll, think that's unreasonable. I'll put it this way. You will have a better experience running a GameCube emulator and a GameCube ISO of this game than you will buying a copy off Steam. Fucking hell. And that's not well, a actually, good case to be in. I mean, the only other way you can do better is if you um, use Durante's fixes. Mm. Because Durante, who's who's got a history of picking up after the messes of um, games on that come out on Steam and a shit. Like, he... Well, he's, he's picked up Namco Bandai's mess before mm. because he fixed the first Dark Souls, which came out in a joke of a yeah. state. Yeah, like, we've talked about this before. Why the fuck has no company hired him to fix their games, like, yeah. a week before launch? Because 
There is no official fix for these. He doesn't even need a week. Yeah, it's like a week before launch, give him the game and say, okay, fix any problems you find. Because within 24 hours, he'll have done it anyway and you'll have shit press because you didn't officially fix it. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure his rates would be very reasonable, considering it's, like, 14 minutes' work. I mean, that's how long it took him to fix... Like, this is 14 minutes that Namco apparently couldn't take, like, in order to get the game up to a decent fucking yeah. resolution and run properly. Like, it took him 14 minutes. How has... But Namco couldn't take that. This is the kind that. of shit disgusting. that when you actually spend time thinking about it, it starts making you really mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it why is the like, fuck? Like, where I is the logic? I want a genuine answer to why has no company turned around and been like, oh, our ports on PC are sometimes broken. This guy keeps fixing them within 24 hours. We should probably pay him to fix our games before they come out. Yeah. And Drenny, he wrote like a, an, a, like a fantastic article on PC Gamer uh, where he was he, like, he's got data to back up. The fact that good ports on PC sell well. Like, it's literally worth the investment. Uh, Dragon's Dogma was, was Capcom's recent re-release on PC. And it sold damn well. Uh, apparently, the, the Valkyria Chronicles that's up there is still doing really well. Like, like it's you do a good PC port, and it's worth your investment. Mad Max did well on PC, didn't it? Yeah. Probably. That Tomb Raider probably yeah, and Tomb Raider's Mad Max was probably the best PC. optimized PC game I played last year. I mean, it's not like it was like like several years ago where the PC was considered this like forgotten market. Mm. Like thanks to Steam's ubiquity, PC gaming is is the biggest it's ever been since the fucking nineties. Mm. Like it it's to have that old fashioned mindset, and that's what it is at the end of the day. It's an archaic mindset that the PC market doesn't matter, and you can just shit some old guff up on there. Um, like, like you're just you're throwing you're away exposing money. yourself as a fossil of a. You, you are throwing away money that yeah, is on the table. You are throwing away money. You are like like people are so willing to pay for this stuff. I mean, hell, there are there's some dedicated sector people who are still willing to pay for Symphonia just because they buy into the same ransoming that Ubisoft employs. Where it's like, oh well, we better buy it because if it's not successful, they won't bring out any more games on PC. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather them not fucking do it if they're not going to fucking bother. I would rather them, if they're just going to like disrespect and insult a whole chunk of their audience, I'd rather them not fucking bother and wear their contempt on their sleeve. Um, but you look at like Tecmo Koei's sales on PC, they're not very good. And do you know why? Because their ports are shit. And then you look at like, Dragon's Dogma and, and these games that have come out on PC that are good ports, and oh my god, they sell well and get really good reviews. Like, it's not... It's not Fucking rocket science, you complete morons. It's so simple. It's a child can grasp this. If you have a history of releasing good products, your products sell well. Consumer trust. It's not it's not one of Baba Yaga's boob-eyed secrets. It's like it's it's in front of your fucking faces, you dense idiots. It, bo it boggles the mind to think what kind of business sense releases something with a huge problem that could have been fixed in like ten minutes' work. I, I, like how does I that how does that at all work? It's a business that is so out of touch with reality that they just it, it never crosses their mind. That's the only the only logical explanation I can go outside of active malice. That's the only reason I can come up with is they are just so disconnected from the real world. 
that it, mm. it has not even crossed their minds that it needed fixing even. It is. That they just thought, just slap it up. That's what a port mm. is. Just slap it up. It'll sell. It is kind of ridiculous, but the problem, and you know why they do it, the reason why they do it, is that a slapdash port will still make a profit. And that's good enough for them. Yeah, I mean, fuck the long term. Fuck I mean, the long term. As long as you make... It'll make them a bit of extra You technically made stuff. a profit at launch... Therefore, it's fine. Now, that is a disgusting attitude. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's games. Oh, there is one more. One more game I played this week very quickly. Um, thank you to the unofficial Jimquisition group, because I played a game this week called Happy Playtime, where you basically, like, hang out with and do fun activities with an anthropomorphic vagina. So... That, life. that nice. is a game about taking away the stigma about female masturbation that's kind of cool. Nice. Go look at that, maybe. Um, actually, yeah. one game I don't think we've ever talked about on this show that we probably should have at one point that I was replaying this week was the original Doom. That game holds up so well, and it's aged so well. I tried to play that for the first time like a year or so ago. Mm. I didn't think it aged well. For If you're someone that didn't play it back in the day and like is aware of it and knows what doom's like but had never really stuck time into doom and tries to do it today i don't think it holds up terribly well all due respect there is absolutely no room for heresy on this podcast yeah i'm i'm like lord this is going to be another one of our (laughs) mass effect three okay (laughs) i can see i can see like i can play it and see what was so good about it at the time Mm. I don't find it terribly engaging coming to it for the first time in my twenties. Can I, I can I tell you what I, 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 I kind of really understand? See that. As I mean, a... I'm not saying you're wrong. Well, like, yeah. you know, but, but I guess having grown up, it's just so with fucking it, good. I can't like... well, this is the thing, approach it from that the mindset. Between, this is the difference between me and you. You guys is I didn't play it growing up. A yeah. and B, first person like shooters really aren't my genre. So it's got yeah. that going against that, it anyway. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is, it, but it is in, FPS it's, distilled. It is one of those, I can see what's good about it, it's just not, it doesn't hold up for me. To, to put it into context, like, in comparison to, say, Half-Life, like, to me, Doom just controls and plays so much better than so many of the 90s shooters, and I would include Half-Life in that. Like it, it, it has I, aged so much more gracefully I than will, those. I will agree with you games. there that it does and the control level design, a lot better than Half Life. I will give the you le- that. The, the level design in Doom is like I really wish more games Genius. had it nowadays. Those huge big levels where you go to one side and find the key, and then mm-hmm. it it really like trusts you, you to use your your you, brain. You know bit, how I feel you know? about this, and this is going to sound her- her- heretical, and I'm really sorry for saying this. Um, considering how much of that is the same assets over and over, it feels playing it like in your twenties for the first time. It is artificial padding. Okay, you want to get you run the thing. so fast. Go go you go run get so the, fast like, though that you're only ever going to be backtracking for like endless corridors to get the key. It's not. <laughs> no, you can get through the entire level in thirty seconds because you run so fast. I know. I know. It's it. <laughs> it doesn't. It just doesn't click for me, and I, can't I get, hear this. I get I that I'm hit, in the I wrong. I can't do this. I know yeah, that no, I'm in the is, wrong here. This is blasphemy. I'm, I'm without the, <laughs> the the however many year old reference point for it, and not being a big fan of FPS games, I'm like, I see why people like it. It's not for me, and it never will be. 
<laughs> I am. Um, I, I, in the time we had this conversation, I literally just re-downloaded Doom 2. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I need to play I'm it today well aware at some that point. I'm, I'm so. wrong, but it's fine. I love Doom. I will say I nothing more on the matter. Gav, Doom talk about so how much you love Doom. Good. Looking it's forward so to good. new Doom. And you know what? I really wish more shooters had that movement speed nowadays. Why I can't ag- they do I, that? Yeah, I can agree with you. Fuck realism. Fuck yeah. running around in a trench. I want to fly around like yeah. fucking Superman Fuck on crack. Fuck those stamina meters that are so fucking restricted. Yeah. Even I could outrun their what? apparent well-trained Who on soldier. earth thinks the stamina meter is fun? It's not fun. I, I think these points are valid to be made not just about FPS games, but every game ever. Like, movement speed. No one cares. No one cares about movement speed being good. Everyone's just like, I want to get where I'm trying to go to. And that I can agree with yeah. you. That is really good in Doom. Like in now in a game like I think you know like be my The Last of Us or something, so. then it kind of makes sense to have more slower, realistic characters. Mm. But in your over-the-top fantasy science fictiony shooters, give us that fucking. It's not we we we're not playing Soldier Simulator 2016. Yeah. I want to be able to run Doom, as far as I need to fucking yeah. run. Give me Even magic the new speed Doom boots. doesn't look like it has that same fast, super fast movement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to New Doom, though. I like that the, the new screenshots had them change the colours yeah, over. Yeah, they took so off that shitty, got... pissy brown filter. Yeah. It is... So we, ha- we have red fucking caco demons with the big blue big fucking... Blue, the red yeah. and blue contrast. In, in if anything, that stuff. was one thing playing The Witness last week made me long for more colours. In, God, in yeah. spite yeah. of all my heathenistic words, I am excited about New Doom. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for big things. I really like the whole uh, little... Big planet, like I forget what they're calling it now. Snap map or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just call it little yeah. big planet with demons. Is it oh, like Halo um, Forge? Is it? Um, it's it's kind a very of, similar thing. Yeah, you get to build. You you basically build your own levels. Basically, it's a level editor, but um, oh, so you from can what they've shown, it looks really levels. extensive. Um, I think it is. It implied as much. I've forgotten everything now. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, a bit of news that's kind of connected to that. Bethesda are going to be back at E3 this year. So. Nice. Oh, cool. Look forward to that, that means we're going to see. What are we going to see? Dishonored? We're going to uh, see. Dishonored 2, Fallout Doom. 5. No, I don't. No. I would say it'll be at least two years before. If if they've licensed Fallout to another dev, I'd say it'll be at least two years before we hear about Spoil it. Spoil sports. They, no, they, I was they, right. They're going to have right. Fallout 4 DLC. That's what they're going to have. Snap map. Yeah. You can actually make you can make maps and you can make your own game modes as uh, okay. well. Okay. Nice. DLC like for Fallout Forge, 4. Then. Here is my yeah. prediction. It's going to mm. be a DLC that allows you to go underwater. Yeah, it will. Definitely, yeah. and if they're listening to fan feedback, it'll hopefully be very story heavy with a lot of dialogue choices. Let's hope so, but we won't know mm. for a while yet. I suspect. Let's um, let let's go. Um, let's go more point lookout, less mothership Zeta. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Um. Other mm. news we've got this week. Um, Nintendo's first um, iOS game is coming out in England and America. In March, and the My Nintendo accounts are coming to English-speaking territories in, like, two weeks. So soon we're going to know what's going on with those things. Mm-hmm. I'm excited yeah. to... Oh, by the way, just to... Yeah. I did some double-checking just because I, I... I hate getting corrected on mistakes that we may make in the show. Yeah. Because I always forget to add the corrections. Like, like, like so that Doom adds. isn't the greatest shooter ever. um but but just to to put it out there you can make maps in snap map for multiplayer co-op and single player 
for the new Doom. So, so that's pretty, pretty exciting. Doom okay. is like you know, Doom is the first Black Sabbath record of of video games. You know, <laughs> it started it all. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Yeah, um, soon we're going to know what that Nintendo Unified Account System looks like properly. So that'll be nice. Um, Lego The Force Awakens got announced, and as I understand it, it's not being made by the people that have made all of the other Lego games. That's interesting. I'm, I'm I am intrigued two, to see... I have two words for the Lego games, and everyone knows what they are. What are you they? You ready to take a shot? <laughs> Diminishing return. Oh! It's, it, it's an interesting thing, because they're not for me, but my partner really loves them. And she is very excited about that being a thing that exists, and that it. She got very excited about the fact that it's coming out so close wait, to. Wait, wait the movie. till the news comes out that Ray won't be a playable character. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they don't, they don't want to spoil the movie. You see, so Ray won't be in it. <laughs> uh, that's very clever. <laughs> Um, there was a petition this week on the internet that I think is fantastic. You know, we talked about Detective Pikachu last week. Mm-hmm. The internet wants the Western release of Detective Pikachu to have Detective Pikachu voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> and I am more than up for, like, Danny DeVito being, like, a rude Bostonian, that's probably not the right place, detective just rolling around being like, ah, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, I basically want to, to to see it more than anything in the world. Yeah, I want to I want to see this more than I want to see myself like have a stable, reliable career for the rest <laughs> of my life. Like, like I can be destitute by the time I'm forty, and so long as Danny DeVito is voicing. Like, I saw the edit, so someone had put the the sound like sound file from Always Sunny yep, in, in, in Philadelphia. Very quickly sold me on the whole idea. Yeah, so I I would love to see it. They probably won't do it, but I would I would love to see it. <laughs> we did have a question that was semi connected to that. That I think I know what Jim's answer might be. Uh, Corum mm. Knight on Twitter wanted to ask: um, a lot of people want to see Danny DeVito voice Detective Pikachu. What other famous actors would you like to see voicing Detective Pikachu? Um, can't think of one. I don't know why. Anyone would think I have an answer for No, it. I can't think why anyone would think, think anyone that maybe there'd be a person who you do quite a good voice of that you could maybe do an impression of Detective Pikachu voiced by them. I don't know. Could have, could have played the Green Goblin. We don't we know. Don't well, Jim, know. Jim, we don't even know. Jim sounds a bit like Pikachu. Well, are we just going to have Jim voice Detective <laughs> Pikachu? How's your Detective Pikachu as Jim Sterling going to sound? Is this your next um, big voice acting role? I'm Pikachu. Solve the crime, please. There we go. Pika yeah. Pika. That's my audition tape. Pika Pika. Nice. Get yeah, out yeah. Of Pika van. Pika. Get out of the fucking Pika van. Pika. Someone, someone done a murder. We're going to find him. Thanks. Don't worry. Don't worry, mate. Wherever it is. I'm going to find him. Yeah, it's it's all right. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, right? You see see this person, right? Been stabbed 20 times, right? We'll find who did that. Put him in a jail. Yeah. That, that. Pika Pika. What, what about Peter Molyneux? Peter Molyneux could be the next, uh, the next Detective Pikachu. I'd be up for that. I'd be up for that. So I, uh, I bungled the crime scene here. I tripped over the corpse and I forgot to dust the prints. But the next time someone's murdered, <laughs> I'll have them in jail within 24 hours. Uh, and we will, we will leave behind this question now because there's obviously no one that anyone had in mind. Definitely not a Green <laughs> Goblin. No. no, not at all. <laughs> not at all a Green Goblin. Um, no. Other... AKP! There we go. Um, right. On, actually, I do have a question again before we get back to news, which is on a similar vein to voices that people do. 
Is there any chance that Jim's Bono Vox and Gar- Gav's Bono will ever meet? That's difficult because the trouble is it would be hard to tell that they're meeting because I do such a such a brilliant Bono Vox impersonation. It's like he's actually here. Now, Gavin's one is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But you can tell it's someone doing an impersonation. Mm. But Jim, Jim's actually with, sounds too with realistic. How quick, with how quick I slip into the accent there <laughs> and do the Bono Vox out of the U2, it's like, it's like I'm not even in the room. I sometimes fool myself and think to myself... That can't be that Jim Sterling there. That's got to be what that man who knows the edge. Sterling, so. your impression of me is terrible. You sound like you're the the version of me that they had in Darby O'Gill, man. That's a fucking Gav- terrible. I mean, what are you going to eat some Lucky Charms now? Gavin, I appreciate you trying to do a good Bono Vox impersonation, but obviously <laughs> you're still a journeyman status. Jim, do you You've know what you to- sound like? Every Irish character in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I am so happy. I feel like the puppet master here being like, yes, dance, my puppets, it's like, dance. It's like when you hear there's going to be an Irish character in a video game and then they're, oh, hey, who's a guy? The Irish. Star. I can't even do it. It's like Tom Cruise. Barring away shit. And you're just like, oh, nothing like a drink and a fight. Oh, where's me potatoes? Yeah. Do you know oh. the poor actress who? Pl- oh, we had this story, didn't we? Who played? What was the game recently? Oh yeah, Cut Kate in Fallout. She blocked yeah, me on Twitter because yeah. some stupid <laughs> fucking person linked her into one of my tweets about how I didn't like the accent. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kate's actress. I'm sorry. Well, I'm well, really sorry. I'll go. I'll if go it's have any a consolation, word with her, I know you're sorry. I didn't. I didn't if mean to upset you. If it's any consolation, I'm still blocked by David Boreanaz from. Angel and Buffy and Bones. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not blocked by many people. Um, I am blocked by the account for Tony the Tiger, which confuses me because <laughs> the only people I know of that he he blocks are all of the furries that keep trying to get him to do like virtual porn over Twitter. <laughs> Don't know why he blocked me. Well, Laura, <laughs> you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to block me because I'm blocked by like half of the Polygon staff. So you're gonna feel left out if you don't block me soon. <laughs> Oh no, I'll only block you on a freelance basis. Um, my my only guess is that I did do an episode of the Destructoid UK podcast where we used, like, we spent the first five minutes um, mocking the advert where they're like, they're going to taste great, they're going to taste great. That was an advert for a while. And yeah. we used Tony the Tiger's image as, like, our title image. Right. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of that maybe that's why I got blocked. Don't know if I'm still blocked. I was blocked at some point. <laughs> That was fun. Um, Are you blocked uh, by Konami, Jim? Um, no, actually. Mm. Oh no, they, at they, least not they, not when I last checked. They like all the free publicity. Yeah. Um, ah, uh, the news this week. There was a Saints Row game for the PSP that got finished and never released. Uh, they released it this week as an ISO. So they're just like, hey, you got a PSP emulator? Play Saints Row Undercover for the PSP that never came out. Fair enough. I'm actually curious. I might, I might, if I can be bothered, try and check that. That out. must yeah. be so. Be that must be so heartbreaking for like the developers who put all their time into that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, like, like most games. I mean, that is, I know that is the game industry and how canceled. it works. I've I've had that exact experience myself on a game, but like, it still sucks. <laughs> yeah. It does suck, but it's really nice to see them officially putting it out and be like, "Yeah, here's the game. Do you want to have mm. a look at what could have been?" There you go. And that's a nice move to see them do. Particularly because mm. considering it makes them acknowledge, yes, ISOs of PSP games are things that exist. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's maybe they don't care because it's the PSP, but you know. Um, oh, we never talked about when we were talking about Peter Molyneux. There was a brief Twitter hoax where someone hacked his account and was like, yeah. "I have retired from Twitter. I'm retiring yeah, from my career." That. And Goddess was a shit thing that I never should have made. The amount of like games websites that in their rush to get the news up before they check facts, like, <laughs> was just I, it was beautiful. I tweeted what I tweeted about it at the time was. Okay, this is interesting. This is unexpected because this goes against what I have heard of Molyneux's ongoing plans. And then I got a tweet from someone at 22 Cans being like, yeah, I just got off the phone with him. It's not a thing. So I yeah. I was like, Destructoid, ixnay on the Ori stay. <laughs> it's like it's almost like you should check things before you well, before you do what Kotaku did what and just do a headline. You, you say this that. is video game journalism. When you talk, more news well, soon. When you talk about sourcing something, usually tweets from a verified Twitter account of that person are a fairly solid source. True. I will say no, that, that much true. that But usually it is not give necessarily... it about give it about a couple of hours until they come well, back and say, "Oh, sorry, my account was hacked." I I think like 15 minutes later he had not formally said it was hacked and that's probably like, "Okay, 15 minutes has passed and like no one connected to 22 camps had said it was hacked." It's like, "Okay, this there is currently not like it's very easy to in hindsight say oh you should have waited longer i don't think you know when when people in the games industry like quit twitter it's always like you know when you're really annoyed with your parents when you're a kid and you say you're running away from home and then you run off for like an hour and get hungry (laughs) yeah and come back that's that's games industry people quitting twitter there's there's been a few people who've asked me do i think that the molyneux um like retirement tweets being hacked was a hoax that molyneux pulled because he was planning to talk about um goddess wars today uh having spoken to people don't believe it was a hoax his account was actually hacked but i can understand why people are suspicious of the timing i mean all i'm gonna say is it was like, I get... Because I used to write news. Yeah. You know, quote-unquote news. Um, and it, it's a racket I don't miss, and I don't... Like, my I I feel bad for people still doing it, because I think... Like, even though there's some cool stuff you can do with it, it's, it is it is one of the more menial aspects of, of games media. And, and there's the very and, cold, hard truth that the angrier you make people, the more they're going to click on it. Yeah, like there is, there's a lot of cynicism involved with mm. with writing game news, um, but for me, it was it wasn't so much that they didn't wait an hour. It was more like the gold rush that came out, where, like mm. I said, like Kotaku did just a headline and then just wrote more news soon as mm. a sentence, and that was the full post. The, that's like that's yeah. not like that is not. Because mm. like my res- it, that doesn't respect the audience. That's yeah. like we literally care more about um, being first mm. than we do about having something to say yeah. or something interesting my- to do with this. Because like when I saw it, my response to the like destructoid news thing we have was I rushed there and I was like, just be aware, this very much contradicts what I've been hearing. So, grain of salt time. This isn't what I have been hearing is planned. Just maybe shush for for yeah. A I mean, few I minutes. just. I I would have, I'd be I'd be more forgiving, and I I do understand why you know it came from an official Twitter and everything. Um, I do understand like it, it is an easy mistake to make, 
But the bit that I find amusing is the swiftness with which people were making the mistake as they just like tripped over themselves to be first to get the news up. When ultimately that doesn't matter because once the news is out there, it doesn't matter who was first. Like I, I think that the whole news thing is such a fucking... People are so wrong in how they approach news and reviews as well in terms of trying to be first. Um, when, at least in my experience, being better is always uh, more worthwhile and generates more attention than being first. That is my approach and, to music as well, Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of people just choose first over better. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Um, and we do have one last bit of news that we've not talked about yet, which is... Just just actually, speaking of oh. Kotaku, um, I think they'll have inspired a big talking point this week that we'll probably end up talking about next week. They just put out an article about how... The Witness was pirated a lot. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of that topic on social media this week. And I think we'll probably end up talking a bit. Because I don't think we've done an episode on piracy, have we? Mm, we've talked a bit about piracy in some contexts. About. Yeah, We've got a very packed week this week. It's maybe not the week to do it. but Yeah, no, that's, that's why I said yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, if we've got a quiet week, it's definitely a thing that's yeah. going to come up, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Last bits of news quickly. Um, Del, uh, Guillermo del Toro and Hideo Kojima are doing a talk together at Dice, and a bunch of people are like, "Hey, maybe this would be a time for the two of them to say, hey, we are still working on something. That's what Sony <laughs> bought us for." Well, well e- that would be the time. Even if the they don't do it, even if they don't get the Silent Hills license, I'm sure they can yeah. still come up with something really cool. I, I feel like this is like I don't think it's stupid to imagine this might be where this is going. Is you know that project that Kojima's working on with Sony that we were going to hear some early stuff about soon. Dice with Del Toro maybe would be a time to talk about that. So I'm kind of crossing my fingers that some piece of what they were working on is what they're working on now. That'd be very nice to yeah. see. I'd be very excited. I don't know whether to assume that's the case. Uh, waiting for dice now. And last bit of news. Uh, do we want to talk at all about the uh, the whole reacting the word trademark thing that was a big thing on YouTube this week? <laughs> should, we, should we talk a little bit about this? All I'm going to say, because I've, I've already said plenty, yeah. so you know I'll let you all talk. Um, but all I'll say is this. Now... Obviously, I do a show called The Jimquisition every Monday, and the character I do is is a, like a, a, an over-the-top exaggerated version of myself, where it's very self-aggrandizing, very smug, very smarmy, thinks he's better than everyone else. Now, I thought I had that market kind of cornered in terms of like doing that smug routine as a joke and everything. Then I saw the Fine Brothers talking about themselves, their company, and the impact they think they have on the future of the human race. And I'm just ready to throw in the towel, because there's no way that the Jimquisition, <laughs> as a character, is ever going to top that. I'm glad yeah. someone else noticed that. That was uh, the most hilariously hyperbolic statement they made mm. in that video. They think they're the Gandhi of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big thing. So for anyone who somehow missed the whole of this going down this week, um, the Fine Brothers are a pair of people on YouTube who run a lot of series, but the successful one they do is the React series where they get kids and old people and teenagers and adults and YouTubers 
to basically do reaction videos now. And let's let's stress they react like, to other people's content. That is their thing. They do. Other people's and content. What I will say is they do a better job of that than most people doing it. They don't show the entirety of the piece of content. They cut it down. They rather than just having the whole thing play start to finish with someone watching being like uh 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 they have multiple people. They make sure it is back-to-back, -back, like, actual reactions to stuff, it is better than what a lot of React channels do. But that is what they do, is they show other people's content and, like, oh, this is what these people of this demographic thought of it. Yeah. And and let's, let's also mm. point out, like, like, as big and huge as it is, and it has a massive audience. I mean, they've got millions of subscribers. I mean, even the hundreds of thousands they lost mm. are still a drop in the ocean compared to what they, they retain. Um, but it is junk food. Like, like... Entertainment mm. junk food. Indeed, and that's not—it's not the future indeed, of mankind. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. It is what it is. No, no, I'm just saying it's not as know, brilliant as they yeah, were fucking it's making it. It's enjoyable out to content, be. but it is content that other people do. And basically, because their channel, they have the the React channel on YouTube, they were like, "Hey, we're gonna trademark the word React," which they're like, "Oh no, we're not gonna like chase after people that are making reaction videos." You kind of have to. If you trademark that word, legally you are required to stop other people using it in you, their brand. You lose the trademark if you don't protect mm, exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's, that's like, trademark law. Their whole, like, oh, we're not going to aggressively go after people using uh, React in their, like, names of things. You kind of have to. They were also like, oh, yeah, we're going to license out the brand. You know, not for. Basically, they initially made it sound like they wanted to take a 30% cut from anyone who wanted to do reaction videos. And their apology was basically, no, 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 you misunderstand. Uh, we're not going to explain it any further, but you misunderstand. And well, they, they're like basically what they were actually was, doing gonna, was, was Starbucksing it. Well, yeah, their own yeah, brand. they they want to give but their they did copyright brand like to people, a bunch of small and YouTubers. then make money off of other people's mm. work. Yeah. And they the did. reason the reason a lot of people were cautious about this is in the past they have very much overreached what constitutes their brand. There is a yeah. very notable example where Ellen DeGeneres got some children to react to a piece of technology that was created before they were born, and were like, "What do you think this is?" And they went on a big Facebook rant being like, how that, dare yeah. Ellen DeGeneres steal our format? And she didn't even yeah. mention us. She didn't us. even like, consult us. Yeah, she didn't even and consult Fine us. Brothers, <sighs> Fine Brothers didn't come up with the reaction No, they format. didn't. And like, it's, this is why when they say vague statements In like, fact, there, uh, there was another well, channel yeah. that used to do Elders React before them. And when they started mm. doing it, that channel mysteriously disappeared. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's like, they vaguely were saying statements like... We're not looking to take down everyone who does reaction videos, just people who directly take our format and rip off our format and all of its elements. You look at the things in the past they've accused of ripping off all of their elements, and you're like, that wasn't very similar to the way you do things. This is concerning. Yeah. And basically they hemorrhaged tens of thousands of subscribers and made a video where they looked broken, where they were like, we are taking back our trademarks and we're not doing that licensing thing Stop unsubscribing, please. <laughs> I'm I mean, it's just... I'm trademarking um, the concept of video game song. Mm. I'm going to take and... all of Dan Bull's money. Yeah, and I think this is the this is the face of corporate YouTube. Mm. Like the, these guys who, as as Film Cal described them, you know, these guys in pled shirts who use the word community to try and mask the fact that they're being corporate and creators. Is... They always use the word creator. creators. Yes. We're creator friendly. Um, yeah, like they these guys are. are like 
they've got the mentality of, of the corporate world, but they're not corporate people, so they don't even un understand what they're doing. Like, their explanation video where they were talking about, oh, if you make a restaurant, um, you know, Burger King has its own brand. Like, they were comparing themselves to Burger King and how Burger King protects its brand, and... Like, totally misunderstanding yeah. the, dif the difference between them and well, Burger King. Well, the difference is, Burger King didn't try and um, take the brand name Burger. Because if they just... If yes, Burger King exactly. called themselves Burger, and they had the trademark of the word Burger, that would be much more of a problem <laughs> than trademarking Burger King. Yeah. And that's where you get like the problem. The CEO of, of Burger yeah. King doesn't rant on Facebook if Ellen DeGeneres says the word Burger. Indeed, and that's where it's... Like, this is where people got scared about it, and... Like, for all of the complaints to be made, good on them at least for backing down. And it was good that they did it. It is, but... it is sucky because basically, like, people assumed the worst about them because past performance, they have tried to... Well, they have successfully taken down a lot of small channels and they have made big fusses about big places doing yeah. the concept of reacting to things for a demographic without using any of the like specific format stuff that React yeah. does. And we can look forward to more of this because, you know, YouTube being as big as it is, we already know that companies are eyeing it up and looking hoping to divvy up the spoils and turn YouTube into just a massive territories. I mean let's not forget that Hollywood once upon a time was just as open and free as the early days of YouTube, where it's like you can have a go, like, like it was giving you mm. people a chance, and now it's like, you know, this elitist thing. And we're seeing this with YouTube where the you know, the successful get more successful, the rich get richer. And Small channels don't have a chance. They get squashed, they get taken down, they get overcrowded out, uh, they mysteriously disappear. Um, and I just think we can expect to see a lot more of this happening in future. Like, the, the, what the Fine Brothers did was um, they tested the waters, mm -hmm. and very much like the Borg, like, other companies and things will just learn from the mistakes and find a better way to try and slip the same shit and under the radar. The thing is... Corporate YouTube is not inherently a bad thing to exist, but the transparency between, oh yeah, we're still the little guys and our stuff is getting stolen, but when like you are the corporate entity that owns the most successful incarnation of that thing, it's a weird disingenuous mix of stuff that's difficult, but yeah. there you go. And yeah. not to mention these people that confuse... Uh, success with originality. Mm. It's like you might be the most successful example of a thing. Doesn't mean you invented it. Yeah. It doesn't mean you get to tell others what to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, YouTube, like YouTube, it's it's so strange because they're so strict about like like all the copyright stuff. But when it comes to actual like um, po policing what gets put up there in other ways, they're fucking useless because. Like, I mean, only, like, was it two weeks ago that Keemstar guy, like, put out a news video which basically committed a felony, which said that this other Twitch streamer, this poor old guy, they, he got him mixed up with a pedophile who mm. had been released from prison. And he went, he put out a video on YouTube that got hundreds of thousands of hits because it's a big channel. And this poor man was getting abuse all day long from people saying he was a pedophile, you know? And, like, YouTube has no system in place to... uh to deal Report with content like that. Yeah. He, well, the thing is, he hasn't been punished for this, you mm. know? Well, here's the thing, is um, the man who was accused mm. wasn't a corporation. Yeah. yeah. So there's nothing in it and for Google that, to protect Well, And him. that was a person on Twitch, not on YouTube, so they're like, ah, yeah, you're making problems for someone somewhere else? Pfft, whatever, we don't care. 
So anyway, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll start going on some huge screens yeah. that will have people accusing me of being a socialist. <laughs> so um, yeah, that well, that is a thing that happened. Kids. It's good that it's over. I still think they make decent, like high quality content, and it's better than a lot of comparable React content. But ew, this was really iffy, and I'm Doesn't glad that they backed it. down. So yeah, I think that's it for for news this week we got some time to do some questions well well we ha- um, we haven't addressed the big news of the week the worldwide news that kanye got fingered news? up the bum oh yeah we just talk about this <laughs> kanye got fingered up the, the bum and there I is mean, nothing I can't wrong believe with that, that first, but it doesn't first we me. get david cameron fucking a pig and then we get kanye getting and you know what i was all like good for you kanye you know what we've you know you're 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 into a little bit of experimenting and then he denied the whole thing and then I was like, Kanye, just admit it. There's Honestly, wrong with I it. lost respect. I lost respect for Kanye when he denied yeah, it. Yeah, I, I gained more respect for him when I found out he'd been fingered up the bum. That's it. Like, if if anyone, unless they're David Cameron, right, come out and say they got fingered up the bum, thumbs up from me. Yeah. Well done. Like, here's yeah. the cliff notes of what happened. Basically, um, Kanye West and some other person in music. Um, who do you know who it was? I have no got, idea who the person. Okay, I don't got, want to he, know. He got into a Twitter feud with someone else um, that makes he music. He mistakenly thought he had <laughs> said something about Kim Kardashian, but he was yeah. actually talking about weed. Indeed, <laughs> because and, apparently yeah. KK means weed. Yeah, it's his specific brand of weed or something. But yeah. the long and short of it was Kanye West was like, "Oh well, at least you're. I'm no longer dating that stripper that we both dated, who you're now dating." And then the stripper was like. Yeah, but you like a cheeky finger up the bum, Kanye, so shut up. And yeah. that was that shut up that conversation very quickly. And Twitter was asking, does Kanye liking a finger up the bum make him gay? No, it's not a penis, it's a finger. Doesn't make him yeah. gay. It wouldn't be a problem if he was gay, but that Who doesn't make him gay. Who gives a shit of a dick? <laughs> exactly. And, like, you know what? If he'd have owned it and said, yeah, fuck it, I like a finger up the bum, I'm a goddamn rock star, I'd have had more respect for him. So, Kanye, yeah. acknowledge your love of a cheeky finger up the anus. And even even if it's not true, like... Lean into it. Don't Lean into the rock star lifestyle. Well, it's like you don't have to deny it so emphatically you seem terrified. Yeah, just... Like, that, <laughs> that makes you look, like, way worse, at least to me, than it does... You know, any anything going up your bum. Indeed. Like, you if ain't you got like the cheeky... answers, Jim. You ain't got the answers, yeah. Jim. If you like a cheeky finger up the bum and you think you're the world's greatest living rock star, then own those things. Own them. Yeah. Don't deny them. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was news we missed last week. That and not Kanye, games. Kanye, if... Try it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine at this point, if he hasn't had a cheeky finger up the bum, he's now thinking about it. Yeah, like, there's, well, there's, no think... need, there's no need to get butt hurt over a little stinky pinky yeah. rumour. If if people think I've stuck a finger up my bum already, what do I have to lose by trying? Whoop, there we go. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, let's get some some questions. Questions this week. <laughs> Brian Needsham Heidi, I have probably butchered your, your last name, I'm very sorry. What's the most impressive thing that you've ever done by accident? Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> a music, a music career. Uh, making Peter Molyneux cry. <laughs> uh, That's not impressive, Laura. <laughs> fine. Getting a very like a, a, like a good interview for the Guardian out of Molyneux that I didn't expect. There yeah. you go. That that the nice version of the answer. That's good. Okay. Uh, Richard Ancy wants to ask, what's your favourite giant robot? 
Oh, there can be only one. Optimus Prime. Um, in the same vein, I've got to go with Starscream. I'm going to go oh, yeah. in a very different vein. The White Tiger Zord from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That's a class. Yeah, one. it was a robot man. It was also a robot tiger. That's quite cool. I saw that news yesterday that Elizabeth Banks is going to play Rita so Repulsa in a Power Rangers I am reboot. so excited about that. <laughs> That's yeah, that's something. I'm looking forward I, to see. I, I I'm looking forward to seeing her in. Like I hope they give like like the traditional get up. Indeed. Like they don't try and like gritty reboot no, it. Like be, give her the big pointy be, hat and well, everything. Well, this is the thing. Seeing as she was in uh, the Hunger Games, in which she was very over the top and flamboyant in her presentation, yeah. I'm like. They're gonna Rita Repulsa her right the hell up, and it's gonna be great. Like that's it. That's the way this is gonna work. Like <laughs> if she's allowed to go like completely like hell for yeah. leather. I don't know why I tried to do a Rita Repulsa voice when you did one professionally. <laughs> can you can you do yours on the spot? Ah! After ten thousand years, I'm free. Yes, that it's is time to conquer. Uh, now, I've exactly never seen Power need. Rangers, but to me that sounds like William Defoe doing the Green Goblin. It's the same. Yeah, it is. It is female Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, and it's Mm. great. Honestly, my Willem Dafoe is like it's far closer to. It it is far closer to Rita Repulsa. You are very correct there. Um, So that is that is news. I am excited about. I like, I like all the original series Megazords from from Power Rangers. I like the Turbo one where it was made of cars. I like the one from Lightspeed Rescue where it was trains. I'm a huge nerd. I'm sorry. Um, this, these are these are the moments when um, the slight age difference between us becomes relevant because yeah, I never saw Power Rangers or it, or, the, or Pokemon yeah. for that matter. I was growing up at the right time that like that mm-hmm. was every every year for my birthday. It's like right, I want the I want this year's Megazord. I want the mm-hmm. I want the the Megazord. I want to have the giant transforming robot that turns into smaller things. <laughs> um, my, uh, for our gen, it was like Transformers and GI Joes and GoBots and Ulysses Twenty One and Jason the Wheeled Warriors. Ulysses. No one else can do the thing to do. I have no idea what that is. It's the it's greatest fucking, fucking show. That that is the I, that is one of the first times on this show where you've mentioned like a thing that both of you know, and that I'm like I I've never heard of this. I'd mm. At least look up the intro sequence on the YouTube. Yeah, like it's 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 glorious. It so perfectly encapsulates like what 80s, television was like. Yeah, of a 80s cartoons. At the very least, I will look that up. Um, Other questions. We have a very high-class question that we're about to answer. Uh, This is from Anthony Chodor. Do our butts smell like poo, or do our poos smell like our butts? An age-old question that I don't think anyone's ever going to have to answer. Indeed, it is very much the chicken and the egg scenario. All of our butts smell like Kanye's ex-girlfriend's finger. You have found the answer to the unanswerable question, Gavin. I am so glad that future <laughs> generations of philosophers will look back on this moment and be like, this was our solving of the chicken and the egg. This was, this was humanity's turning finger. point. Indeed, yeah. once we well, understood... I am, the, I am the fine brothers of the podcast, for I have changed <laughs> the course of humanity forever with that comment. <laughs> Yeah, and now you get to slap a DMCA on anybody who says the word "poo." Yeah, or, or finger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm copywriting "fingering up the bum." So Kanye, hey, you owe me money, <laughs> motherfucker. No, no, no. He didn't. He, Time to pay the piper. He denies that he owes you money. As far as he's concerned, he never did the thing. His his, his stripper ex owes you money because yeah, she talked about fingers up We're in for, we're in for a long legal bums. battle. Yeah. Um. Other questions this week. Um. 
Rodrigo. If the bum fits, you must acquit. <laughs> Rodrigo Lobo scenario. If it smells of shit, you must acquit. <laughs> Rodrigo Lobo wants to ask us. Scenario. Yep. You have the power to instantly make your dream video game exist. Any video game at all. But for using such a power, you can only play this game for 24 hours and it will never be playable again. Would you do it? No. And I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this pipe. You know Piper's those people who say here. it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved. I was just a, that's fucking I was just bullshit. About, yeah, that is well, bullshit. I agree. <laughs> I was just I, about to bring that up too. I, better better to have never. I, better that's to have my, never that's loved than to have better had your heart I, have a, I have a hypothetical answer to this where I think okay. I would say yes for this, and we opened the show with it. Beyond Good and Evil 2 that is not full of microtransactions and Ubisoft's, like, shit stuff. Laura, you would be so upset if you only got to play Beyond Good and Evil 2 for one day. Here's the thing. It would ruin your life. It would ruin your life. You would spend the rest of your life wishing you you got to play it again. Because you would have tasted the forbidden fruit. You would have tasted the the holy grail. But here is the two scenarios. Either I get to play it start to finish in a 24-hour period and it is everything I hoped for and I can put it away... And put it aside, or yeah. I'm gonna get strung along for the rest of my life with promises it exists, and I will never touch it. Or if I do, it will not be the product I hope. Because I know if it gets made by Ubisoft, I know it's gonna end up being shit, and I'm not gonna like it. If I could play mm. the version that I am envisioning just once through, I would prefer that to what I'm going to actually have to live with. What I'm likely gonna have to live with, so I'm. I would be yeah. very damn tempted to take your devil's your devil's <laughs> wish. Rodrigo you want you Lobo. want a one night stand with uh, someone amazing rather than a lifetime of misery with someone who's not. <laughs> it's that is it's it's the case of like, would you like a disappointing like lifetime with this this celebrity or one night that is as amazing as you could imagine? Would you exchange a walk-on part in the war for a lead role in the cage, as Pink Floyd once said? <laughs> yeah. As for me, I I think I'll wait for Ulysses I, 31 Warriors to come out naturally. I, I Ulysses, know. Ulysses, soaring through mm. all the mm. galaxies. I, I don't know if I'd do it for Beyond Good and Evil, but that would be the game that would tempt me. Um, yeah. Stephen Lord Bannon Punter wants to ask, What's the most mundane thing that you like to do while podcasting? That bit at the start where Jim and Laura talk a lot, I usually go on Twitter while they talk about <laughs> the stuff that I didn't play and they did. I, I have occasionally used bits where someone else is talking in this podcast to work on making Gundam models. Oh. Nice. That, that's a well, we know some... Jim gets distracted because he, mm. he like, he'll just outright go, yeah, I'm, what, you usually tell us what you're doing, don't you? Yeah, I like to let people know. Um, I'm either playing with glue or like <laughs> I tend to just play with things on my desk. Yeah. Like, or finger a the... chimney, as he did last week. <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, for the past like 20 minutes, I've had this um, tube of Allegra like anti-itch cream. Like I'm not even got anything itchy. Like I'm just just poking bits of the cream and just smearing it on my hands. I, I, <laughs> like, I just I've been I'm interlocking being... two bobby pins together <laughs> and like making sculptures out of them. I've been nice. sat fiddling with my um, headphone cable, just like kind of twisting it up in the middle until Thank I can't God twist you said anymore, headphone and then cable. untwisting it. Pardon? Thank God you said headphone cable. I was like, uh, this conversation about Kanye is going to <laughs> no, no, <laughs> inspire no. us. 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've just been twisting and untwisting my headphone cable in my hands. Uh, uh, occasionally, I will. I was doing that a little bit earlier yeah. during the recording, twisting my headphone cable. I know it's, yeah. it's just it's there and it's convenient to sort of fiddle with while you're doing it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna put the Allegra yeah. down. I've occasionally done uh, doing the adult coloring books that are very like high detail, small area bits to color in, and I'll just sit and color on my lap during the podcast. Sometimes. Oh, there was some adult coloring in at the party I was at. It's on good, right? Well, I mean, the when I say adult colouring, oh. I mean like like well, that's, highly detailed vaginas. That is good too. I'm not going to lie, I do have one of those adult colouring books. It's hilarious. It's great. <laughs> There's, They're wonderful. Yeah, we've got one somewhere like a kink colouring book, yep. and that, like I consider myself like like. A broadly minded man, but there's shit going on in there that I don't even recognise. There, there are three different types of adult colouring book I own. There is the standard, this is just a complex image with lots of small parts to colour in. Uh, there mm. is the depressing colouring book where it is things like, here is um like a shoe print in a dog shit, and like a birthday cake that like caught on fire a bit, and here is like <laughs> here is like a like a rain, a rain cloud over a depressed teenager. It's like all really depressing, like angsty images great. to color in. Like, um, what was the one I was doing the other day? One of them is um, your dad's face the first time you saw him crying. Like, <laughs> it is great things to color in, and then there is like the 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 naughty coloring book. So I have mm, like some well, adult coloring books, and I will sometimes just sit and color things in during the podcast because you know wow. I gotta do something with my hands to keep them busy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's it. I mean, otherwise they go straight down the front of my pants. So yeah. I've, got, I've got to find something to distract exactly. them. I get, that, have... I get that a lot on, on Skype calls. People tell me that happens a lot. Yeah, we can't have hands down trousers again on this podcast. It, it can't be a regular <laughs> occurrence. Yeah, it's a nice trick. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, know, I know I have a nice voice, but calm down, guys. <laughs> oh, I just can't resist Gavin. I really can't. I'm sorry. Just, oh, I twitch all over when you talk. Next question. Yes. <laughs> um... Chris Chase Onions, uh, can Laura and Gavin have their own spin-off podcast where they debate the ending of Mass Effect Three once a week for forever? Yes, you know what? Yes, and it's going to be both called. Up for that, that would be amazing. It's going to be called Red Green and Fuck You. Yep, I am totally up for that because this, the way I envision this, there is there is a genuine podcast that has a very similar stupid theme, and uh, it's called the Worst Idea Ever. And it is two men who watch Grown Ups 2 on DVD once a week and review it week after week after week, the same film. And they're just like, no, this is getting worse. We are hating each other more and more as the time goes on. And I imagine this would be a similar concept. It's like the first week me and Gavin would get our ideas out and we'd, you know, hash out our thoughts back and forth. By week 52, it would just evolve in into why the fuck are you so stupid, you fucking asshole? <laughs> And that would be like so an, it would an become hour a Twitter of debate then. It would, and I think that <laughs> it would devolution... be like a, a it would be like a hyper long version of a Twitter debate. Indeed, mm-hmm. uh, we the running time would always be hundred and forty minutes. Mm. Yeah, I think the and then and then when we finally got sick of it, we just start a new one about Doom. Oh uh, yeah, that would be that'd be year two. But I I think if we did this, the devolving of like our rational discussion down to just shouting over a year. We could make an interesting thing out of that stupid idea, probably, maybe. Yeah, we could. Or um, I could spend all that time doing something productive. Who is to say that's not productive? Is that any more or less productive than what we do here? Uh, exactly, exactly. Fingers um, in the butt. Fing- fingers up the butt, indeed. Um, 
Right, so I'm just checking if we got any last questions before we wrap up. Um, I'm ever so slightly melting, so I hope that there are no more good questions, because otherwise I'll have to keep talking. This um, was a fine long one this week. Yeah, yeah we, we did. We're, 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 sticking, we're sticking you guys with a fine long one this week. Oh exactly. yeah, right up the Kanye. Mm. <laughs> right, up the, right up the Kanye indeed, I suppose. Um, where is the question thread? There is a question thread somewhere. Oh, I know what I didn't do. I didn't check the email. I think Let's that was check. the last question you had on the Skype thing anyway. Yeah, it's the last one I put in there. And I was like, I'm sure there's somewhere yeah. I'm forgetting. Yeah, we got like 15 emails in the email inbox. Oh, Jesus. So I'm going <laughs> to... They can roll over to next week. We can censor this yeah. so and I'm, can skimming, through I'm skimming through to be like, are there any that we desperately want to do this week? Um... Okay, kind of serious question here. Joel Brinick Con wants to ask, do we prefer answering silly questions or serious questions on the podcast? Um, it depends how long we've started doing the questions after we've been recording. Yeah. Mm. If we've done an hour of the news and the games, then it's like, as, as wacky as you like, because I can give one-line answers. Yeah. And then when it's like serious stuff, it's like, okay... Maybe if we've done, like, 45 minutes and we've got time and I don't desperately need, like, both types of toilet. Like, it's 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 contextual. I don't mind mm. them as long as they're not trying too hard uh, to, like, be super funny funny. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I like both uh, and it all depends on the timing. Yeah. Actually, I really agree with that. Like, some of the intelligence... Well, a little like, mix of both is, is, yeah. is always the, the, good. The serious Once questions not are sometimes... Memes really nice but sometimes we just need to talk about does poo smell of butts or do butts smell of poo yeah, yeah. i mean no, i i will say i like the serious questions sometimes because i'm not as naturally fast and witty as these two so yes you, do you send say that you came you up with to. you came up with the answer of the ex's fingers in connie's bum and stuff like you've come up with some of the better funny answers this week you've been zinging you've been it doing this week. your zingers slinging zingers zinger <laughs> um, Zig and Zag from uh, the breakfast show or whatever Zig and Zag, do you know they started on breakfast, Irish um, breakfast television or oh, uh, Irish afternoon television rather, sorry, yeah, they were on a kids oh. show and then they went off, what was it they did in Britain they were at Chris Evans or something, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, Chris Evans, Big Breakfast who is now and then taking they over the job of um, head racist at Top Gear <laughs> <laughs> Racist in chief. Uh, Racist in chief. I've got one last question that I'm going to ask for Gavin. Uh Uh, This is from Michael Goff. Are there any songs of yours that you now, in hindsight, wish you'd never made? We do do this one every week. We we do something along these lines fairly often. I can't remember what your answer is. Yes, there are lots of them that I don't like. Um, Any particular ones? No, I'm not going to say the names because then people will just go and look for them and listen to them, and I don't want them. They're to. always. Th- I know you've 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 given more specifics before, and they tend to be ones I really like, and then yeah. I feel ashamed for Indeed. saying I like it's, them. It's, so no, I, I keep quiet in case taste. I disappoint. This is, this yeah. is where yeah. I quietly am like, I like the Commander Shepard song. Please don't <laughs> hate me. I know that I this is this is the cardinal sin of working with Gavin. You know, I don't hate like anyone it. for liking it. I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> You you hate that it is all that people like. It's like oh, you're the you're the Commander Shepard guy. Yeah, because I've yeah. done so much better, more popular work than it. And I know, like, but that's yeah. I'm I, I again. I've said this before on the show. Mm. That was the first song that I twigged. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, I know about your uh, your game. Your 
I can't make sentences. Yeah, yeah I know about Gavin's but, music. He did that Commander Shepard song. Everyone's yeah. everyone's work gets better over time the more they spend the more time they spend doing it and practicing it. So basically, for me, the, everything goes backwards. My newest stuff mm. is always my favorite, and my oldest is the stuff I generally don't listen to as much. That but is, there are, of yeah, course, exceptions that. to that rule. That is fair enough. Um, before we go, I did just see my favorite like mock headline I've ever seen for anything, and it was um, an image of Creme from Dragon Age Inquisition. And the mm. headline is, Openly transgender character ruins immersion of game with dragons and magic in it. Oh, yes, that's... that's Because I was just going to say yeah. to you which character was Creme, but now I remember it's the trans character. Yeah, I love that as a headline. Just, Openly trans character ruins immersion of games with a game with dragons and magic in it. Where the fuck well was done. that a headline? Uh, Pointandclickbait.com Points and well, clickbait. Now I've seen some of their work and it is I, fucking yeah, wild. that is well well done. Point and clickbait. That's a that's a pretty spot on title you have there for an article. Wow. But um, I guess I guess it's time to wrap up though. I guess it's time because I I really do need a piss. Um, Laura, we've done nearly where can two people hours. Point and we have. We've, it's bad. We've it's, done a while. I was going to say it's bad. <laughs> it's no, it's good. We we are creeping closer than like. Bear in mind, there is that bit in the middle where like Skype fucked up, so it's not quite as long yeah. as it looks to us on our thing. But we're getting closer and closer to two hours. We're going to hit it one day. It's, I hate it. I know. Uh, we actually did cross two hours on uh, the spin-off Doctors this oh, week because yeah. I decided to. We had tried to add more structure, and then we spent more time discussing the plot of House of the Dead <laughs> than House of the Dead took to run as a movie wow. um, so we're going to try and not to do that next time um, but in the meantime Laura where can people find your work you can find me and my work at Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything LauraKBuzz.com Laura K Buzz on Twitter Laura K Buzz on YouTube where I'm doing a bunch of let's plays and stuff you can currently watch me doing um, the true pacifist and then the genocide runs of Undertale are happening uh, nice. they're coming like I've just finished pacifist True Pacifist is going on for like a week and then we're right into genocide that I've started recording. Otherwise, Destructoid Monday to Friday, I, I do freelance a bunch of places. Just Laura K. Bars, go give me money on Patreon, why don't you? Splendid. And Gavin, Gavin famous for doing Commander Shepard, which is one of the few songs you've ever done. Um, where can people find out more about your lovely music? Uh, just Google Commander Shepard and that's the only <laughs> song I ever made, so that'll come up. And uh, then just, like, don't follow me because there's no point. Yeah, he's not going to make any more music. Why would you want to Why would you want to go to Miracle of Sound on Twitter? Because he's not going to announce any more music he's I'm made. definitely not doing a Tomb Raider song soon with my good buddy Lisa Foyles, who is lovely In and who I oh, love. Indeed. Oh. You definitely weren't me, me waiting for the PC version to do that. Le Lisa and I met at Escapist Expo, um, the same one where I met Jim. And we got on like a house on fire, and we've been planning a collaboration for a long time now. So I'm glad yeah, she, we're finally going to do really, it. She's really, really nice. That's I didn't I didn't know you you were going to do that. Yeah. So I look forward. I to love that. Lisa. Cool. She's so much fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there you go. Awesome, Jim. You awesome? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you you know Google where I am. Jim Sterling. He's so arrogant, Laura. Oh my god. I know. There what about on, what about the people who are coming podcast. to this? <laughs> exactly. What about the people who come to this podcast for me and they saw yeah. me talking about it and they're like, oh yeah, who's this Jim Sterling fellow who's on it? They first, won't know first, where to find you because you're too he arrogant. he thinks he made Five Nights at Freddy's and now he thinks he made Jimquisition. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he thinks he made the Podquisition podcast. Fuck him. Yeah, okay, Jim, Jim, tell me anything about the way that the structure of this podcast is put together on a weekly basis. Who asks the questions? Who puts the topics together? It's not your show. Fuck off. It's Kanye West. It's yeah. Kanye West show. And we know where we to are. find Kanye West. We don't know where to find you. Where are you, Jim? I'm knuckle deep in Kanye West. <laughs> Thank you very much. And there's our, See you and there's next our week. podcast title for this. <laughs> good night. Right. I'd say good night as if we were ending a like a talk show or something. Yeah, it's like, oh, just... It felt like that with that great satirical like, crack. En- enjoy your en- well, talking of satirical cracks. Indeed. Enjoy <laughs> your nap. We're off now. Good night. Yeah. It's gonna go to that title card of the show being over.